All right, so we're in Jude. Um, what I wanted to talk about tonight is um, what the church is supposed to look like in the last days. And um, the Lord gave us uh, a vision of of what he saw um, the church, his body, uh, uh, like and what it was going to be, how it would function, the things that uh, we needed to uphold. And Jude here, he starts off and he, he says... Uh, we'll just start in verse uh, 1 and then we'll make a comment. Jude, uh, just in verse 1. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Okay, so we um, as spirit-filled Christians, we know what all that means, being um, sanctified, uh, being preserved or saved and that our calling is really special. It's not, that, it's not just, uh, oh, we've just... You know, thought it would be good to, to follow God and, um, and, and have this sort of religious approach. We see our calling as what Jesus said it is. He chose us first and he, he called us unto himself and he's revealed, uh, his plan to us. So, um, this is who it's, it's for. This is who this epistle's for. Mercy be unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And it goes on to say, say there, and it gives this warning, uh, for there is certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness and denying uh, let's, uh, the relationship uh, we have with the only Lord uh, God and our, and our Lord Jesus Christ. So basically it says there's, a, there's a, um, a job for us to do. The church in the last days is going to be upholding God's truth and about the, the gospel message that was once delivered uh, to the apostles. So you see that we are always quoting back from Acts chapter 2 because we get all our teaching from the original, from what happened there, that that first outpouring of God's Spirit is what we expect um, to happen in the church uh, today. And so this is what Jude's talking about here, that um, the, the record that happened right in the beginning uh, the church in the last days needs to be still presenting the same thing. That uh, when you come, we will tell you that uh, your life can be changed. And then we will repeat the same thing that uh, Peter uh, repeated to the crowd there in Jerusalem. To repent and to get baptized by full immersion, not sprinkling. And, and repentance doesn't come from uh, a, a baby that doesn't understand what, what's being presented. And, uh, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and all that are far off. So we repeat that over and over again. And that's, that's what Jude's talking about here, that um, we've got to see our, our calling as, as something special for it to, um, and then to earnestly contend for the faith which was once. So there's going to be this contention that what we're presenting is not what everyone um likes being presented. So there's a whole heap of, uh, even if we just talk in Christianity, there's a whole heap of different churches and we're contending with them and, and trying to get people back 
to what happened in the original uh, church there in Jerusalem so people can be empowered by the Holy Ghost because that's what it's all about. And uh, it's saying here that uh, there's, there's always opposition to this. There was op- there's opposition now and there was opposition way back when Jude uh, was writing this somewhere, you know, 80 AD, somewhere around there. Um, and, it, and it talks about people giving a, um, uh, giving a gospel that denies uh, them a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we're seeing that again. Like if people aren't teaching um, another person how to, how to be filled with the Holy Ghost and, and have this relationship with Jesus Christ, you're actually denying that person a relationship with Jesus Christ if you don't preach the truth to them. And that's what uh, Jude is, is talking about here. We'll go to John chapter 13. You hearing me okay? It's all good? Yep. I've got this microphone here, so hopefully it's going through. I shout anyway, so it's probably a good thing sometimes. Uh, John chapter 13. And so just talking about um, Jesus' um, visionary statements that he gave, throughout his ministry, he actually painted a picture of what his church would look like, the attitude uh, that, they were, that the you know, church would have, uh, how they're fired up and, and serving each other. And here the Lord gives us one of the most uh, uh, powerful uh, lessons. I'll just get to it. I'm in the wrong book. John 13. And verse 13, we're going to start. And it says here, You call me Master and Lord, and, uh, and you say, Well, for so I am. If then your Lord and ma- Master have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should do as I have done unto you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Now, um, the Lord, the Lord here is is painting the picture. He gives us this really simple um, uh, example that we can follow, and he he basically said, "I'm doing something." that is totally opposite to this world. Uh, I'm a, you, you're calling me Lord and I'm the King of Kings and I'm the creator of the universe, but I'm here to serve you. And I want you to um, find opportunity to serve each other. Now, he defines happiness this way. He, he defines happiness in, in serving your brothers and sisters, serving uh, the people around us. And he said, if you tap into this, uh, happy are you if you do this. So if our life is around um, serving people, then that defines happiness. The world defines happiness as something else, but here we're getting a definition from Jesus Christ, and it's the only time uh, happiness is uh, explained in this way. And, and so we go on, and, and so how, in this calling, how do we serve other people? Isn't it in preaching the gospel and sharing what the Lord's doing in our lives and, and, and just keep on, keep on sharing and, and, and exalting God's uh, name in our lives, you know, and just keep on, on talking about it. That's, that's one way we, we serve each other. 
There's lots of different ways, and the Lord wants us to think about our walk in the Lord and and think of practical ways we can serve each other, um, uh, spiritual ways, you know, getting ourselves right with the Lord first. If we've got a good prayer life, you're, you're strong enough to, to serve your brother and sister. All these sorts of things that are fundamental in our walk that we teach over and over again. The Lord's saying that in the last days, the church that will uphold and withstand all the pressure that we're under uh, is going to pick up on these fundamental truths. And these are the, these are the, this is the vision that the Lord had. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing more powerful than walking into a happy group. I, I found that when I, when I walked into the Vogue, you know, what was it, 23 years ago, um, it was, it was just incredible. You could, you could pick up that someone was, that, you know, the people were genuinely happy, that we're all, we're all happy because, you know, we're happy in our position in life where we were, we were a rotten sinner. And then the Lord saved us, and then we just, we're sitting in, in heavenly places, and we just sit here with a smile on our face. It's called the Holy Ghost smile, because we know that, you know, we're in a win-win situation. Uh, if we, if we die, we're asleep in the Lord, and we're going to be raised up. Or if we're here, and the Lord comes back, we're going to be changed in the, in the twinkling of an eye, and we just sit here with this smile on our face. And then when people walk in, they pick up on that. I saw that straight away. It was something that, uh, uh, blew me away. I just didn't know why people were smiling. Like, what, what am I, you know, is it something I'm wearing? Is it something I said? But people just, just smiling at you. But you pick up, it was only moments later, well, it was about an hour and a half later, I was smiling too, and I haven't stopped smiling since after being filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke in tongues. So um, there's nothing more powerful. And for us to keep the fire burning, we just need to take the same example and keep on giving. It's what it's all about, and it's what the Lord defined happiness is. And, you know, here it was smelly feet. He was washing the disciples' smelly feet, and the Lord was happy. And um, sometimes, you know, whatever comes up, you know, even here we've got a lot of practical things that need a, need a you know, the council. Uh, they're, they're helping us with our walk in the Lord. They're giving us jobs to do, you know, because we didn't have enough to do. So here it is, you know. We, we can all just, it's a wonderful opportunity to get together and, and just ask, just see Pastor John and say, if there's, is there anything I can, I can do, Pastor John? And he's got a list about this long. So he'll keep you busy, but you'll be happy and the Lord will bless you. We'll go to, uh, John chapter four and verse 23. So here are the uh, visionary statements that the Lord has. So John chapter four. And verse 23 here. So this is, uh, the story, uh, Jesus talking to, uh, the woman of Samaria, and uh, they were, and the Lord revealed some uh, amazing secrets about her life, and uh, revealed that He knew her um, her circumstance, even though you know she's never laid eyes on Him. There was this connection there because the Lord, uh, she picked up that the Lord knew her, uh, and we we need to always uh, remember that that uh, when the Lord calls us, it's a very personal thing. He knows what's good for us, so he calls us to himself, and then he set us on a path, and then he gives us all the instructions that we need, and um, if we do them, we're going to be happy. If we resist it, then it's going to be a, a, a hard road. But, you know, I, I think we should trust uh, Jesus Christ. He created everything. He, he's, he's set everything in order. Everything that the Bible said um, 
that was going to happen has happened. And the other things that are, you know, the 15% of the prophecies that haven't been fulfilled will be fulfilled in a very, very short space of time. And so here, the Lord also saw a, a church that would worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And we just uh, read it here where the Lord was um, telling this woman, because this woman asked him a question, oh, we're worshiping at Samaria and we've set up a different temple and we've got this process going on. And we've heard that Jerusalem's got a process going on there. And, uh, you know, so you've got two approaches to God. And then she's asking the Lord, well, you know, what do you say about that? And the Lord's saying, this is, this is the answer in verse 23. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him. So the Lord is painting, if you can just, you know, paint this picture in your, in your mind that he's seeing us here, that the most important thing in our lives is our relationship with the Lord. And we know exactly how that relationship is, that God's a spirit and that he's given us of his spirit. So we're worshiping him in, in the spirit. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. They're very strong words because the Lord's saying here, the, this is what the Lord's seeking. He's seeking a, a people that he's filled them with, with uh, his spirit and then they worship him in his spirit as well. We speak in tongues. We worship God in spirit. And this pleases the Lord. And so it gets the Lord active in our lives. It's this amazing communication that we have with the Lord. And that's what Jude was saying back there. He's saying that you need to contend for the faith, the faith that we've got that uh, we understand our calling, we understand how to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we understand um, the importance of keeping up our relationship with the Lord, and we understand the mechanism of how that happens. We, we speak out in tongues, this pure language, this almost this, uh, you could think of it in the modern age, this code that cannot be broken. We just speak to God in this code, this pure code. I think, um, who writes codes around here? Luke, Luke. <laughs> You can get, um, codes can get corrupted pretty easily, couldn't they? They can. But with the Lord, it's, you know, you're just speaking this, uh, this amazing language to Him that our natural mind can't, um, corrupt in any way. So this is the other thing that the Lord, this, these are the visionary statements and something that, um, uh, these are all very fundamental, uh, in our belief. And that's why the Lord's doing so many things, uh, in our lives. And that's why we're seeing, uh, revival. We'll go to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, the Lord is, um, is saying that the, the church in the last days is going to still preach the importance of baptism and that baptism uh, is, is not a, a negotiable thing. You know, we're living in a world that's changing and, and uh, you know, as Pastor John um, brought up, that uh, now we're voting uh, for, you know, a yes or no to a, to a vote on, on, uh, uh, on whether uh, same-sex marriage and all these sorts of things. Now, we shouldn't be surprised with all these things. The Bible said that all these things are going to come to pass. You know, once upon a time, the, you know, alcohol was, was um, illegal. It was illegal uh, in the United States. I don't know about Australia, but in the United States, it was illegal. And, and, and you know, marijuana is illegal here. But it's, there's some countries in the world where marijuana isn't illegal and, and all sorts of things. So, 
it's not a it's not a strange thing that we're we're going to be you know polarized and and we're going to even be a lot you know we'll be upholding the laws of God but we're really going to stand out and the pressure is going to be on the church and the Lord said that he'll give us everything that we need so this isn't a strange thing that's happening it's the game is you know the game's on now so to speak people are going to challenge what we believe and um but I see that it's a wonderful opportunity for revival because because it gives us another opportunity to preach the gospel. But here in verse uh, chapter 3 and verse 15, this is Jesus um, uh, coming and, and being uh, baptized of John, and, and John is saying here that, uh, you know, I need to be baptized of you, Lord. And, and, and the Lord's saying here in verse 15, and Jesus said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. And he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending upon, uh, descending upon like a dove and, and lightning upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And I'd just like to focus in on verse 15 there, that uh, the Lord says, Thus it becometh us, to fulfill righteousness. So again, the church, the us that the Lord's talking about there is here it was John the Baptist and the Lord uh, establishing something forever. That baptism was given to us. It's a gift. And it's something that um, uh, the world has now got a big question mark on. But the church of God living in the last days, this is what the Lord pictured, us standing up for baptism. And um, if you haven't been baptized, I encourage you to get baptized today because um, it's to fulfill all righteousness. It's the right thing to do. Uh, you know, what, what can we offer God? You know, what, what can we offer God? And God gives us um, baptism for us to um, hand back to God and say, yes, Lord, you know, I, I will get baptized. I will follow you. You know, it's all these things that the Lord gives us so that um, we can worship him and, and give it, you know, he gives us the Holy Ghost and we use the Holy Ghost and we, we speak to the Lord in tongues and say, thanks, Lord. Thank you for this wonderful gift. Thank you for baptism. I'll get baptized and I'll encourage everyone that I see to get baptized because it's right and because you've established it. And so that is the us in this, you know, that uh, the Lord wants the church, us, as a team you know, as a as a, a a body to keep on preaching this to the world. As the world is throwing it back at us, we're saying baptism is correct, and if you want to do the right thing, get baptized. So this is what the Lord uh, has pictured. Let's go to um, uh, Mark chapter sixteen. Mark chapter sixteen. We'll start in verse fourteen. So this is uh, the time where Jesus was. Um, uh, it was it was raised from the dead. And the apostles didn't, uh, or the disciples didn't um, uh, really believe, or they were very, very confused on what was going on. It was very traumatic what they saw. They saw Jesus Christ die an agonizing death. Um, they were all confused. In verse 14, And afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat uh, at meat, and upbraided them that uh, uh, them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them, 
which had seen him after uh, he was risen. So that's one of the things that um, stops us from seeing miracles is that, you know, the the hardness of heart or resisting the wisdom of God or the promises of God or or the questioning or, or whatever. You know, if we if we don't understand something or don't understand what's happening in our, in our lives, just stay faithful and, and see it through. And the Lord will start to reveal what he's doing. And uh, that's all part of, of growing in the Lord. And so the Lord just turns this all around. He, he, he gives them, uh, you know, he gives them a, a, a wake-up call and then he goes on and, and tells them to, to get on with the job. In verse 15, he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be, uh, shall be saved, and he that believes not shall be damned. So here, again, this, this separation and baptism is now presented as um, something that's going to make a difference. When the gospel is presented, um, some will believe and get baptized, and some will prove their unbelief and will resist baptism. Just as the Lord said um, uh, to the religious people, as, uh, uh, as John the Baptist said to the religious people. And, and verse 17, here it goes, it just gets so exciting. Signs following ministry, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. And we see that in our testimony that uh, the power of the devil is now taken out of our lives. And if anyone is possessed with the devil, the Spirit of God comes in. And uh, there's victory there. And so the devil now has no hold on us through the Holy Ghost. And it goes on, and they shall speak with new tongues. So the Lord is here. This is all um, uh, a prophecy and uh, it's visionary. And it's what the Lord um, sees the true church uh, preaching. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're preaching the same thing. This is nearly 2,000 years old, these, these instructions here, and we're still preaching it. Praise the Lord. And it's only by the grace of God and it's only by uh, the revelation that the Lord gives us that we, that we preach these things. But we know that the Lord is working with us because we're seeing signs following. And so how, how do we continue seeing signs following? The Lord says, just keep on preaching my word. As you preach my word, I'll back you up. You'll see things and you'll see lots of things. And so that's why we... We come together here and we read out people's names because people, uh, you know, people are being spoken to about the gospel. We pray for them and we expect, uh, you know, wonderful uh, miracles. And, you know, Sister Shirley was just telling me she had a prayer of thanksgiving today, the amazing things that the Lord's doing in her life. And, and Patty, you know, we had two, two of the people I was praying with were just thanking the Lord for uh, the things that, are, that he's doing in their lives. Uh, you know, last... Last Sunday, I prayed with two people, Michael, um, who's been coming along, and um, Cecilia. They both received the Holy Spirit last Sunday. Um, the Lord confirms our words with signs following. And what they did is they witnessed the church. And so they had confidence that the Lord could do something in their lives. And 
when they're in the prayer room, people are receiving the Holy Spirit because they can see it working in people's lives. And here it is, the, another statement, you know, the, the, the working of the church here, uh, preaching the gospel and signs following, and, and not uh, compromising in any way. We'll go to um, Mark chapter 9. So this is um, Psalm verse 2. So this is uh, the time where uh, the Lord was transfigured. Uh, read here in verse 2. And after six days, Jesus uh, taketh with him Peter and James and John and leads them up to, uh, into a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. Just amazing, you know, the, the Lord just again uh, taking uh, these three with him. Uh, it's interesting here, after six days, and uh, we know in the Lord's plan that uh, uh, the closing of the sixth day opens up his return and uh, the new age that we're all part of. And that uh, six is um, the number of man in sin. That after all this, we're going to be turned into, um, we're going to have bodies of light. We're going to be, uh, as it were, like the Lord. We're going to be ruling and reigning with him. And the Lord here again, uh, another visionary statement, he's saying, you might see me in the flesh, but I'm going to be transfigured. And he was. And he wants us to believe in, in the resurrection that, there is a life after this. And he goes on, and we read it here. And his raiment became shining, exceedingly white as snow, uh, so as no fuller on earth uh, can white them. And there appeared unto them Elias and Moses, and, uh, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let us now make three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias. For he wist uh, not what to say, for he was so, so afraid. I, I'm, I'm with him. I'm with Peter here because he's like, what, what do you say after this? You know, <laughs> the Lord's changed. If I, it just, this is what he came up with. And then, um, and then there was a cloud that overshadowed them and a voice out of, out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. And that's it. That's a bit like the go and do statement, the, the thing that the Lord uh, is teaching us. So the Lord... Um, gave us all these visionary statements and, and the Lord is saying here, you're going to see things that you can't explain. And it's just like Peter here. The Lord just changes in front of him to, to this person, just light. And, um, then this, this voice comes from heaven and says, you're going to see things, but just keep on listening to Jesus because he's the only one that can explain all this, uh, signs, wonders and, and miracles. Uh, and it says here, and suddenly when they uh, had looked around about, they saw no man anymore save Jesus uh, only uh, with themselves. And as they came down from the, uh, from the mountain, he charged them that they should tell no man uh, what things they had seen till the Son of Man uh, were risen from the dead. And they kept these sayings within themselves, questioning uh, one with the other uh, what the rising from the dead should mean. And uh, it's, it's pretty amazing here that um, uh, the Lord showed the disciples about resurrection, that it, he, he's, he just, we got a, a bit of a, um, a snapshot of what it's going to be like or, or a preview of what's happening or what's going to happen in our lives that, uh, you know, what happened to the Lord is, is what's going to happen to us. You know, this body's going to uh, dissolve away or, 
or, or, or be put off. And the, the Spirit of God that's inside of us is going to be revealed. And the Lord gives us again this snapshot and saying that uh, the church of the last days is going to believe in resurrection power. We'll be preaching it. We'll be believing it. And that's what, that's what we set all our decision making um, throughout our whole life. We want to be part of this resurrection. We believe this resurrection. And so um, as the, the body of Christ, we set our sights and we believe in the resurrection. And again, um, it's only, we only believe in this because the Lord's revealed it to us and he's shown us. And, uh, you know, we've had uh, the changes in our lives, even though they're, they're amazing, it just keeps on getting better. And so we get glimpses of uh, what the Lord's doing. He, he, you know, he, he takes out our old mind, he gives us a new mind, and we're happy with this for the, for the moment, but it's, it's just going to keep on getting better, the Lord's saying, and, and to uh, believe in that. Oh, time's getting away. We'll go to Matthew 24. Matthew 24 and, uh, and verse 3. I was going to quote, um, I was going to quote three things, but for the sake of time, I'll just, uh, I'll just paraphrase. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it talks, it tells us when the last days are going to, uh, to start. Because the prophet Joel, he saw, uh, people being filled with the Holy Spirit. And, um, and then getting activated, you know, seeing visions and, uh, dream, dreams and, and the gospel going out, um, uh, and, and, it, and, uh, a bit of a, um, description of, uh, nuclear war and, and distress of nations happening at the same time people being filled with the Holy Spirit. All these things happening. So the, the last days, um, are defined in that way when the, the day of Pentecost was the beginning of the last days. And so, we're seeing the close of the age now, because that was a long time ago. It's nearly 2,000 years ago. Second Timothy chapter 3 talks about what we're seeing in our world today, that um, uh, people are, are going to um, have a big question mark on everything in their lives. See, we're questioning marriage now. Uh, is drugs okay in our society? And, and, you know, who knows where we're going to go? And so um, in Timothy, it describes a society that has no direction at all. Now we've thrown out the Bible. Um, it's just like driving in a, um, you know, in a, in a car without a steering wheel. It's just like you, the foot's on the accelerator. You know, you're on a V8 car, but you've got no steering wheel and we're just, we're just here for the, for the ride. It's a, it's a crazy ride in the world. And that's what the Bible says it's going to look like. Second Peter chapter three talks about God not keeping his promise. Don't believe in the resurrection. Jesus is never coming back. God's been, been saying that, he, uh, that his son was going to uh, come back any time. He hasn't come back now. The, uh, the first uh, apostles and disciples were talking about this. He still hasn't come back. He's not going to keep his promise. And that just keeps on at the church. And we get, we get thrown that uh, every day. You know, people just throwing the promises of God back. And you know what? If we don't come together like this and, and uh, look to him, it does. It chips away at us. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, the devil knows how to, how to get to us. And uh, if, we, if we spend time and isolate ourselves, um, you know, away from the, from the fellowship, he can chip away at us. But in the, when we come together and we encourage each other, he's got no chance. And, uh, and we're here, you know, you're away from here. You've got your natural mind to contend with. You've got, um, you know, uh, 
voices from, from TV and, and the internet and all these sorts of things throwing the promises of God back at us. When we come to, uh, together like this, we hear miracles, um, we, we pray for each other, we get built up. And so we're going to be in good shape um, before the Lord returns. In Matthew 24 and verse 3, we just read here. And as he sat um, upon the Mount of uh, Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? And Jesus answered the sentence to them, Take heed that no man deceive you. That's the number one thing. And it's what the scriptures warn about, that the world is at us and they want to deceive us. Um, and, uh, it, you know, in the scriptures, um, it, it identifies Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. You know, Demas was very active in the early church, but yet somehow the world got to him. So we're not invincible. And so the Lord has set up the church to keep us safe. So that's the number one thing. Take, you know, take heed that no man deceives you. In verse 5 it says, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. There's many alternatives to Christ's teaching, and um, Jude talked about it. Uh, anyone that doesn't preach and give the same account as Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 37, 38, and, and give the same instructions, it's very, very easy. Just don't listen to it. Uh, and... Um, uh, but basically, there's this huge, you know, debate on everything. But the Lord is saying here, keep it simple, keep repeating the things that work, signs, wonders, miracles. In verse 6, it says, You shall hear wars and rumors of wars. See they be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. You know, I, don't, I can't remember ever hearing so much talk about World War III. You get it everywhere. You know, I've got... Um, uh, I just on my phone on Google there. I've got Google News. You know, the last I, I say three weeks, it's been in the headlines. World War Three, either Korea or or Russia's um, uh, um, uh, war games in uh, over the Ukraine and uh, and NATO doing an, another move. And it's just you know, there's this talk of World War Three over and over and over again. Um, the Bible talks about these things. And, um, you know, no one's getting rid of their nuclear weapons. They're just making them better, you know. <laughs> it's just like, it's not as if, um, you know, the threat's going away. But Jesus said that these things uh, will happen. And, folks, I see, you know, when you read these scriptures, I see people coming to us and asking us questions about this. It must be affecting them. And, um, and it goes on, For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows or the birth pains. It's, it's, you know, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. And, uh, and it says, Then, they, uh, then uh, they shall deliver you to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations uh, for my name's sake. Now, that happened right in the beginning of the church, but who's to say that that's going to not happen at the end of the age? You know, there's, um, it's, it's in Scripture here. And many shall be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. And because iniquity or laws against God shall abound, the love of many shall wax old, uh, cold. 
But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, then shall the end come. And I believe we're right at the, the end there. The, the last two verses are really interesting. It says, he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. It, it is about enduring. Um, I think it's, it's game on now with all these sort of changes that are happening in Australia. Um, uh, this is not going to, I, I won't be, you know, I'm not surprised if, if the S vote wins. Um, you know, it, it's sort of like the Lord talked about the world being as Sodom and Gomorrah at, towards the end and that there's a judgment coming. So don't be surprised if, if society starts moving in a, in a totally different direction to what we're used to. And uh, maybe a meeting like this is going to be illegal in a few years. You just never know. The Lord talked about all these things. But the, the way that we're going to endure is to understand what the Lord has given us right from the beginning and what Jude was talking about. Just keep on upholding um, the faith that we're given. We've got everything that we need. We've got the conviction that comes from the Holy Ghost. And if needs be, uh, if we get, you know, if people are violent towards us or uh, we're going to be hated in the way this, uh, the scriptures describe here, the Lord will meet our every need. We don't need to, need to worry about that. But, um, boy, we're living in, um, in, in times that are changing. Uh, you know, we're getting, you know, our cage is getting rattled and um, the Lord has given us everything that we need. I, I believe that we're going to see amazing revival soon. And as society, um, uh, you know, we're, we're going to stick out. You know, as, as society starts to move in a right-wing, um, you know, direction, we're, we're going to be there shining our lights and uh, people are going to, to see it. And, uh, and we'll be ready. We've got the gospel. We're ready to, to pray and to baptize and, and see revival. And I believe, you know, we're, um, we've got everything that we need to look after people. When people come in here, they're well looked after. We can, we can teach them. We can pray with them. So, um, Oh, it's just a, it's just an amazing, uh, time that we're living in. The Lord's revealed all this to us. And it's just amazing as a, as a church, we're, we're repeating things that are, that were, um, given to us over 2000, nearly 2000 years ago. And here we are standing up and, uh, and ready for, uh, anyone that asks the reason of hope that's, uh, that's in us and all the people said. Amen. Praise the Lord.